Blog Talk Radio. Definitely could go on the website is nasca.org. 
and uh, and that's spelled N A A S C A dot org. And there are many many resources on the website. Um, if you go into let me see here. Um, if you go into there's a section called NASCA programs. Uh, this section called NASCA programs. When you go over that word, uh, you'll see the drop down toolbar, and you'll see global recovery group, starter recovery group, calendar of events, scan talk radio shows, ambassador project, our mobile website, promotional tools and highlights. And if you go over to news articles, stats, you'll see current newsletter, uh, newsletter sign-up, 2023 feature articles, news of special notes, uh, news from past, media watch, and videos and graphics. So that's a lot of good information on there. All right. So then now... When you go over to All About Recovery, you'll see where it says Recovery as an Adult. Okay. Then you'll see Self-Help Group, Professional Help, Find a Professional, Local Government Help, Book List, which is great, um, Comments and Letters, and Mask on Facebook. Um, to be able to find resources. So I'll come back to some of these because I like that recovery as an adult and self-help groups and professional help. I think it's important always to to have resources. That's what adds value to the service, to creating resources. Then when you come over, you'll see protecting our kids. And then here it says prevention, intervention. The next Wrap down, that's federal resources, then nonprofits, then the missing. I believe that one is, we'll click on that after. Then we have offenders, we have media outreach, we have about our founder, and about us on our forum. And then the last one here is volunteer and ask us. So if you're interested in becoming a volunteer, you could definitely reach out. We're always looking for volunteers. Uh, there's a section called Contact Us. Then Primary Volunteers, and then we have NASCA Ambassadors to Young Adults, uh, to Veterans and Cops, and then 12, the 12 uh, Traditions and our 12-step radio shows. Okay. So definitely, let me look here. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of information on the website. Uh, if you need to email us, you will see uh, that you can find our contact information uh-huh, on the board of directors list. I see that. Um, all right, so we have recovery. We have resources. So now when you click on resources, you will see prevention is an adult activity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we have NASCA, recommend my body is my body. So there's books also, um, you know, when you get to a point where you're trying to educate kids about safety, body safety, uh, and sometimes you don't really know how to, excuse me, you don't know how to open up the conversation. But you don't have to figure it all out by yourself. There are actually resources out there to help you open up these conversations. Uh, We have, again, there's a book um, suggested by some of our volunteers. It's called My Body is My Body. Okay. Uh, So that's actually a program, it says here. It's a free program for everyone. Okay. Which is great. so my body is my body is actually a free program, which is great because, again, a lot of times you don't know how to have these conversations, okay? So you want to be able to 
come on and find resources. Resources that will help you do that. Intervention is an adult activity. So here on the website, there's a section that talks about some of the indicators that will let you know if a child uh, is being uh, abused or sexually abused, right? Sometimes it'll be either just uh, emotionally abused, physically abused, uh, verbally abused, psychologically abused, and or sexually abused. So um, here are some of the indicators. I'm going to talk a little bit about them just so that we can all be on the same page and just have that knowledge. Um, so if they're having sleep disturbances, sometimes that can be an indicator. Uh, if they're wetting the bed and they're older and you're like, wait, that's not normal, what's going on, a lot of that, uh, they have a loss of fecal control. Um, that can be an indicator when someone's under that type of abuse, level of stress and abuse. Uh, regressive behavior, so let's say they're being very mature at the beginning, then they start acting like little babies after. So regressive behavior is one of them. Self-destructive or risk of taking risk-taking behaviors. So when they start, if they start to partake in risk-taking behaviors, that could be very dangerous to their safety. Um, whether it's having, let's say. Uh, unprotected sex, meeting people randomly, um, drinking, just partaking in, in behaviors that are a little, not a little, are considered risky. Um, that can also be an indicator. Okay. We have impulsivity, distractibility, Difficulty concentrating. So if you notice that a child's being very impulsive or having a really hard time focusing, um, that can definitely be an indicator. It's something that we would want to look into to see what's going on with the child. Uh, refusal to be left alone. So if you're going to leave the child alone and then they're crying, they're uncomfortable, or they're not wanting you to leave, they're grabbing on to you. Sometimes you got to be like, hmm, what's going on? You know, some form of abuse probably did take place, so then to look into. Fear of an individual such as an alleged offender. So if you see that they're scared of a particular person, uh, that's a, a good indicator and a good reason to be like, hmm, what's going on? Right, what's going on? Uh, that's a red flag. It's something that we don't want to ignore, but we want to pay close attention to. All right, fear of people of a specific type or gender. So let's say they're scared of black people. They're scared of white people. They're scared of Asian people, uh, males particularly, um, maybe they were violated by that particular type of person. So if the child is very young, they may not be able to express themselves very well, but you'll see that every time they're near a person that fits a specific description, they get very nervous, very anxious. Uh, that's just a sign, something to look, look, look at and something to take notice, okay? Um, so fire setting. You know, a lot of times when we look at um, serial killers and people who commit crimes of severe degrees, uh, when we interview them and when we learn more about those people, we learned that for some reason when they were younger, they probably used to play with fire. And so they were fire starters. Uh, also, you'll, you might hear that not only did they play with fire, they probably harmed the cat. That's something that you'll hear about. They'll be like, they choked the cat. They choked the dog. Um, they killed the bird. Uh, and so those are signs that either there's some psychological issues going on that need to be really, really checked out and addressed, or um, 
they were abused themselves. And so they're reenacting uh, or taking out their aggression now on this on this animal, right, a vulnerable animal who they are now taking control over. And, again, when we're talking about, I don't want to just say psychopaths, but when we're talking about serial killers and uh, that sort of thing, that's one of the indicators. Uh, a lot of them do that um, fire setting. And right under that, we have cruelty to animals, which I just talked about. Didn't realize that was on the list, but it's true. A lot of the serial killers, when they um, uh, when they do these things, uh, they end up starting uh, fires, hurting animals, and doing things such as those type of things. Now, I'm going to just repeat the number. Somebody just sent me a message asking for the number. So the number is 646-595-595. 2118. Okay. Again, that number is 646-595-2118. You're welcome to call in. If you can speak, that would be wonderful. But if you're not in a position where you can speak, that's okay. You can call in, you can listen in, and you can just uh, have some support. All right. So something else on this list is so we have, uh, you know, we talked about a fire setting. Those are very alarming. Pay attention if you notice that. Uh, the next one was cruelty to animals. Pay attention if you see that. The next one we have is problems relating to peers. Now, you know, as we're becoming more and more educated, many people have, um, let's say, um, let me see. Many people who have autism, and there's different levels of autism. We have people that are the high functioning end of autism, and then uh, and so you know a lot of them, a lot of people who are autistic, they're very gifted. They're very very strong in a certain area, but they may lack social skills. Okay, they may lack the ability to catch social cues um, and things like that. But they're, if they hone in on something, they're like the best at that. Uh, so if you notice somebody having problems relating to peers, maybe they need to be checked out for other um, mental health concerns, right, to see if there's anything else going on. But some of indicators that a child has been abused sexually can be these, these uh, some of these indicators that I'm sharing. So just know that if you notice that a child's having problems relating to peers, that's something that you'd want to look into. Like let me let me look a little deeper into this. It may not just be this. It may be a lot more than what I, what we think it is, right? Uh, and because this is on the list. Okay, this been this has been researched. This is an indicator that uh, is is very important to look at. Sudden changes in behavior. So if you notice that there's a lot of changes in behavior, uh, the child is you know very vocal, very verbal, uh, happy child, and all of a sudden the child is very mean, very rude, very secluded, then you're like, okay, have you been abused, sexually abused? What's going on? You know, um, I mean, you don't ask that manner, but this is this is an indicator that there could be a lot more going on. Um, all right, so sudden changes in behavior, then we have difficulties in school. So, you know, the child loves school, loves school so much, and then all of a sudden uh, the child doesn't, doesn't want to connect to school. Um, maybe they love math. All of a sudden, they don't like math. Okay, that could be maybe the teacher. Something's going on with the teacher. Something's going on with the students. If they're being bullied, different things. It could be the teacher's a little harsh. But it's always important to find out, like, hey, what's going on? You you enjoyed school, or you enjoyed art, or you enjoyed this. And I noticed that, you know, there's a lack of, enjoyment in that area. 
what is going on? How can I help you? And so it's important to look into that. Those are things that are uh, indicators that something may be going on. Okay, nothing wrong with checking in to make sure that the child's safe. All right, so then we have inappropriate interests. Okay, and that's for the age group. Okay, and and things that are sexual. So inappropriate interest. All of a sudden you're noticing that they have uh, pictures of, like, naked people or sexual acts or they're drawing those type of pictures. You know, where were they exposed to it? It's okay to find out and to ask questions as to where were they exposed to these things. Um, You know, it's important to find out. Uh, Okay, trying to check if they were able to get on. Uh, So, you know, again, an appropriate interest for their age uh, in the thing sexual. So if you notice that all of a sudden they have like this big interest in um, certain websites or certain drawings, certain pictures or anything like that, it's okay to find out where do they learn this stuff from? Where were they exposed to this stuff? Um, It's not, you're not putting anything in their head. It's already in their head, obviously, because they're presenting this behavior. But you want to find out uh, if it was put, placed in their mind by other people or if it's just a curiosity from something they heard. Uh, So it's just good to pay attention to those indicators. Um, Again, so those are indicators for younger children. Uh, Now, these other indicators are for older children. And again, these could be indicators of sexual abuse as well. So eating disturbances, overeating, bulimia, anorexia, those are some indicators for older children. Now, a lot of times they have issues in the area of um, body shaming or body identity and also um, just looking at their weight and uh, feeling like that's the only thing that they can control. It's like a mental thing, Um, not feeling pretty enough, not feeling uh, good enough. Those those can come with that. Uh, Running away, that's a big indicator. When they start acting up, throwing fits, and then they run away. Where are you running away to? I mean, there's just nothing to do out there except for pretty much be on the street. So running away, what's going on in their mind that they feel like they need to run away. And so having these conversations open up that uh, that that um, that pathway to having those communications is really important so that uh, they understand that they're not alone and that we are here to support them and to uh, help them get the services, the support, the help, whatever it is that they need. Um, Self-destructive behavior, suicide attempts, self-harm, self-mutilation. So uh, sometimes you'll meet uh, some of these kids or teens who will self-cut. They sometimes they get, to a place where they feel numb and they want to feel, and so they will hurt themselves, harm themselves. Uh, some do it for attention. Some just do it because they're sad uh, and they're dealing with depression. So if you catch those type of um, behaviors, it's important to get some help. Sometimes, again, some people will do it for attention. They'll do it a little bit. But if you see, like, a lot of it, um, Sometimes when they do it after a while, it doesn't even hurt them anymore. And so uh, it's a psychological, mental issue that needs to be addressed. Um, And I've spoken to kids who do that. And some of them, they're like, I didn't feel it anymore because they've done it so much. Um, And I know people who, some some people say they just like the pain, but um, they like pain. I know people that have said, I I like the pain. I like the pain. but, again, a lot of times something deeper is going on, and so you definitely want to uh, take that as a very serious concern. It's a very serious concern. 
All right, before I proceed, I just went over the phone number. If anybody would like to call in, you are welcome to do that today. The number is 646-595-2118. Again, that number is 646-595-2118. And again, you know, I see uh, many times we have callers that call in, and guess what? You could just sit on the line. You don't have to speak if you don't feel comfortable. Um, And then if you feel led to, we welcome you to join. This is an interactive panel. Again, sometimes survivors, uh, people who are going through the process of recovery, sometimes they don't want to talk. They just want to listen and take notes and um, get get, uh, some of the resources. So you're welcome to do that as well. No, No pressure at all. This is a safe space. And if you don't feel like talking today, you can talk the next time. All right. So, um, again, we talk about self-destructive behavior, suicide attempts, self-harm. Some people self-harm. Now, we talk about suicide behaviors. Uh, Many times people say it's not that they really wanted to die. They just wanted the pain to stop. So, no, they didn't want to die. They wanted the pain to end. And they didn't know how to make the pain pain end. And so in their minds, um, the feelings and the thoughts of taking their life to stop the pain got stronger and stronger. Those feelings got stronger and stronger. But you don't have to hurt yourself or take your life to make the pain go away. There are people who care. There's there's, uh, resources. There's counseling. There's support counseling services. So a lot of times... We can um, speak to adults and we can speak to um, people who are in the mental health field that can give you really good resources um, to help you, you know, get through some of those challenges. Um, and to let you know, to let you know you're not alone. Uh, a lot of times we think we're like alone suffering and dealing with uh the stuff we're dealing with, but we're really, really, we're really not alone dealing with these issues. And so, um, just want to remind you that you're not alone. Okay. Now, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. All right. So, the next one here that we have is criminal activity. You know, sometimes uh, when people have been through trauma, sexual trauma, abuse, they don't really know how to process that pain, and so they act out, and sometimes they will do things that, you know, they might hurt somebody else, or they might... um, start doing criminal activities with other people uh, because the people that they have around them may be those people that help them feel secure, loved, but those people are attached to illegal activities. And so there's a lot of different reasons. Some people uh, run away and end up having feel like they have to, not that they have to, but they may feel like they have to steal now or they have to rob someone or now they have to do this. So, you know, they may engage in criminal activity, okay? Some people feel like I was hurt, so I'm going to hurt others. Um, there's different, different forms of criminal activity, okay? Um, another indicator on the list that we have here is depression and social withdrawal. So some people get depressed. They don't want to be around people. They just are just processing or they're just stuck in their pain and they do not uh, deal with it very well. And they get depressed and they just withdraw from people, okay? Um, That's a big one. That's a big indicator, especially when when there's kids doing that because kids normally – I mean, it's normal to see some kids withdraw a little bit, but if they're, like, depressed and withdrawn completely, 
that's something that, you know, you want to address and you want to get get them some help. Um, because a lot of times when you get in your head and you get in your own thoughts, uh, it, you know, creates more depression and it could really, really, really affect uh, affect you in a really bad way. So you want to make sure you get some support, get some counseling, get some help so that it doesn't lead you to... Um, to running away and doing other things. Something else that I have here on the list is substance abuse. Um, you know, a lot of times when people have been through sexual trauma or um, other forms of abuse, they do go to substance abuse. Um, when I've spoken to people who have used that as a distractor or a clutch or or whatever reason they're using it at that time is because it helps to numb the pain. It helps them to get away from where they really are at the moment, and so they're not really addressing and dealing with the issue or the pain, but they're actually getting a chance to distance themselves from the pain. And um, they said that it helps them with that, with the pain. So that's one there that's... um, an indicator that substance abuse. Um, again, we have uh, problems relating to peers. That was also on the other side uh, where it was for the younger survivors of sexual abuse. Um, but for the older ones, we have the same problems relating to peers. That's a big thing, and that's really difficult to do. So uh, problems relating to peers. But in changes in behavior. Um, they might be very personable, really friendly, just sweet kids, and all of a sudden you start seeing all these issues and there's a big sudden change. Uh, those could be indicators. Uh, anger issues are big indicators. All of a sudden they're always angry. They're just like lashing out. And you're like, what did I do to you? Why are you so angry? Why are you lashing out? That can be an indicator. Anger, issues, lashing out, big indicators, okay. Uh, Difficulties in school, difficulties in school, okay. So they might be having some difficulties adjusting or difficulties respecting a teacher or difficulties following instructions. I mean, just difficulties in school, there's a lot of that, okay? So, again, it's really important just to learn the signs. Um, if you see unexplained injuries, uh, you know, that could be visible signs of physical abuse. Um, when all of a sudden, if you notice, like, some bruising on the child or anything like that, um Paying attention to that's important. Changes in the behavior. Again, abuse can lead to many changes in the child's behavior. Abused children often appear scared, anxious, depressed, withdrawn, or more aggressive. Those are some of the main signs that you you may notice for the children. Uh, returning to earlier behavior. So we talked a little bit about that earlier where the child may regress in their behavior, act like a baby, and just kind of pulling back and regressing uh, their behaviors. So returning to earlier behaviors, like they want to like some or start all of a sudden wetting the bed or, you know, they're trying to use a pacifier or a bottle, just little things that, that well, those are big, big signs like, oh, that's, you know, regressing. So paying attention uh, to that. So fear of going home. If it's time for the child to go home and all of a sudden you see that they're expressing uh, anxiety uh, or even when it's time to leave school, having anxiety to head home, that can definitely be an indicator. Um, And changes in their eating, um, that's a sign. That's something that you can pay attention to because when people are stressed or uh, under fear or anxiety, sometimes it could lead uh, people and children in this case to um, have eating behaviors. 
which can really result in weight loss or weight gain. And so paying attention to that is really, really important. Okay. Abused children may have frequent nightmares and have difficulty falling asleep. So pay attention to to them. Are they uh, appearing as if they're tired or fatigued, anything like that? Just pay attention to some of these uh, signs. Um, We were talking about changes in school performance and attendance. So they're not going to school. They're not showing up. They have unexplainable injuries. Uh, those are concerns. You know, um, they may have difficulties. They may have difficulties concentrating in school. Uh, those are signs to look out for. Lack of personal care or hygiene. If you notice that the child, you know, is on cats, the hair is not done, they're constantly, you know, consistently dirty, um, they have severe body odor all the time or they, you know, may lack clothing uh, that's appropriate for the weather. You may notice that they don't have a coat. They, it's summertime and they're always wearing a sweater or a hoodie or um it's wintertime. They only have a T-shirt. You know, like, are they being cared for? Have an adult, you know, a parent around to help get them ready or make sure, worry about them enough to make sure that they're properly clothed. Those are things to pay attention to. Okay, risk-taking behaviors. We talked a little bit about that uh, earlier uh, where they may engage in uh, activities such as using drugs or alcohol or carrying weapons. They may carry knives and guns and uh, things that can get them uh, in serious trouble. Inappropriate sexual behaviors, we did talk about that a little earlier, where they may uh, engage in sexual activity, okay, or go for the sexualized behavior or use uh, explicit sexual language. Uh, Those are things that are indicators that maybe the child has been exposed to uh, abuse, sexual abuse in this particular topic. But um, those are some of the signs to look out for. It's important to really pay attention to the signs of child abuse, okay? Uh, Because when we pay attention, we're able to help we're able to uh, catch some of these warning signs, and we're able to to uh, give support to the families, to the parents, and even ourselves. The more we're educated, the better we can help support these children. So there are a lot of resources. Um, and I just want to share a couple of them where you can, um, you know, pretty much uh, educate yourself. Okay, so there's a website. Uh, is, is child help info on disclosing to parents and adults. So this is information on how to disclose to parents and adults. You can Google that as child help uh, info disclosure to parents. So if you uh, Google that, you should be able to find some information on that. Also, we have here child abuse and neglect recognizing the signs and the symptoms. So if you put signs of child abuse and neglect, that should come right up. Growing up in dysfunctional family, growing up in dysfunctional family, you put that in Google, that will also give you a lot of resources that you'll be able to educate yourself. Um, Then we have tools for parents. Tools for parents, how to talk to your children and when. And if you go to plannedparenthood.org, Um, backslash parents, uh, you'll be able to find tools for parents how to talk to your children and when. Because, again, sometimes we, we, okay, we may not know how to have these conversations, how to start these conversations. These conversations are important because if we don't bring these conversations up, the wrong person may introduce these conversations to our children. So a lot of times we may not know how to start the conversation, 
how to bring the conversation up. So learning, educating ourselves, reading, we might find a blog or, you know, find a website that just makes the conversation more comfortable for us. Everybody's different. You have to find what's more comfortable for you. All right, so how to talk to your very young child about sex. Uh, Now, you can put that on Google, how to talk to your child about sex, and that will come up with a lot of resources and information on how to talk about uh, the topic of sex with your child. Uh, Ten tips for talking to your kids about sex. If you put that on Google, you put ten tips, guess what? It's going to come up. It's going to come up because you need to find out what are ten tips for talking to your kids in uh, youth sports. Now, we have that, 10 tips to keep kids safe in youth sports. My apologies. So 10 tips to keep kids safe in youth sports. Um, You know, they're a lot of times in the locker room. They're dealing with coaches. They're dealing with other classmates after school. And so you want to give as much tips as you can. Ten ways to keep your child, ten ways to keep your children safe online. So if you Google that, you'll be able to to find that. So now when I go into the, let me go in and click in 10 tips for talking to your child about sex. Uh, We have that right on our our website. And you click on it, and, and all the ones that I said, they are in our website, okay, and they are under recovery okay so when when you click on it it opens up on the website nasca.org and right here it says 10 tips for talking to your children uh, about sex 10 tips for talk 10 tips for talking to your kids about sex so number one start teaching children when they are young okay so around ages three and five, it's safe to talk to your kids about their body parts, okay? Make sure you answer questions they're asking. Keep it brief and don't give any more information than uh, than what they are asking for. Number two, use current events to bring up the discussion. So it's okay. These days there are many reality shows on television about teens getting pregnant, Uh, There are even celebrity teenagers that are having babies. Use these news items as a topic for discussion. Discuss with your your child the effect teen pregnancy can have on them and their family, okay? So it's okay to do that, have these discussions, okay? Then number three, don't use yourself as an example. Wow. That's good to know. It says no child wants to hear about their parents' sexual experience. So try to take yourself out of the equation, leaning uh, to your teen about sex. Make up names of people and situations. But basically, it's important not to use yourself and not to uh, explain to them about your own uh, rendezvous back in the day. Is that right? Discuss the different types of sex. discuss the different types of sex. You know, your child needs to know the difference between oral sex and intercourse, the way they can be educated and protected uh, and protect themselves against uh, potential STDs. So talk to them about, you know, condoms, talk to them about really, you know, really just be blunt, be open. Uh, Answer any questions your child may have and don't be embarrassed. Okay, when talking to them, they may sense that you are uncomfortable and close up, not wanting to ask any more questions at all. So make sure that you do your part. Okay, use books and visual aids. It's important to use books and it's important to use visual aids. Okay, you want to be able to show them that these are you know, this is a, a safe space, and these conversations are important to have. Sometimes it can be difficult to dis- to discuss sex with your child. Uh, if you find uh, that you're having problems, try getting some books that will help better explain the process. There are many books out there that teach children about sex. 
find one and go over it with your child so that you can make sure they understand it. So now it's important for them to understand it. It's important to talk about it. And if you don't feel comfortable and you don't know how to open up the conversation, go to the library, read some books that will help you not feel embarrassed when discussing these topics, okay? These are very important topics that need to be discussed, okay? So now we have, um, again, we said use books and visual aids. Then number six we have here, talk about everything, even topics you normally don't talk about or um, think about, but you want to make sure you include them in the discussion. For example, a child may want to know about masturbation. They may even want to know what a sexual position is. If you show that you aren't afraid to discuss a certain topic with them, then they will relax and come to you more often with problems or questions they may have. I mean, I think even hearing them ask that type of questions and, you know, things like that, it can be a very awkward conversation. And that's why I said, please, please, please make sure that you can uh, log on and, uh, you know, make sure that you can log on and that you're able to, um, you know, open up these conversations, go online, research, get some books to help you. But uh, these conversations are very, very, very important, okay? Don't penalize your child. Don't penalize your child. Uh, if your child has admitted their, they've had sex, encourage, um, you know, sexual encounters, I'm sorry, or have even been thinking about them, make sure that you listen to them. Okay, you need to know um, what's going on. Listen to them without uh, reprimanding them. Okay, then they may feel comfortable coming to you with any information. You can react to any information later on when you are private, okay? Uh, Just try to stay cool, try to stay calm and collected when talking with your child. I know that's uh, harder than, that's, it's it's easier said than done, but you just want to try your best to stay cool and collective. All right, so I had a few people tell me that they try to call in and the phone kept hanging up when they try to call the number. Um, So I want you to try call the number and tell me if it's working. Let me just repeat the number here. I'm going to say it over the mic. All right. So I guess, let me see. All right. So the number is 646-595-2118. Okay. Five nine five two one one eight. Let's see. It's not working. Okay. All right. So it's not working, y'all. Sorry. I just got a message saying I got a couple of people that message me saying when they try to call the number they cannot get through. My apologies. My apologies. Okay, I'm gonna finish reading these and we'll probably wrap up a little early today. All right, so uh, don't penalize your child. I know that's easier said than done, okay? Educate about birth control. Educate your child about birth control. Let them know about birth control, how to use birth control, and the various forms of child birth control. Uh, If your child is going to have sex, you want them to know how to keep themselves protected, okay? Uh, Teach them about anatomy. Okay, children, the proper names of their body parts. So we always talk about that. You want to educate them about the proper names of their body parts, their breasts, their chest, their penis, their vagina, uh, you know, whatever. You just want to use proper words instead of saying your your cuckoo and your tutu and your you know, you just want to talk straight up. Um, they do educate us on that. All right, and then the last one that I have here is be there for them. And you just want to be there for them. You want them to be able to trust you and come to you and talk to you about those things that are of concern to them, okay, so that they know that they're not alone, okay? And those are just some ways that you can open up some of those conversations 
Um, when we were talking about some of the signs, again, uh, we said, you know, fear of going home, change in the eating, changes in the sleeping, uh, change in school performance, lack of personal care, hygiene. We talked about risk-taking behaviors and inappropriate sexual behaviors. Children who have been sexually abused may exhibit overly sexualized behavior or use explicit sexual language. That's what we kind of left off prior to uh, going into the other areas. But um, alcohol and drug abuse are a common response, so pay attention to that. Pay attention to the, to the signs of child abuse. Uh, the Parents' Guide to Child Abuse, there are 17 warning signs, 17 warning signs and ways to prevent it um, by Tanvir Pert. Uh, and the way that you spell that name is T-A-N-V for Victor, I-E-R, and then Pert is P-E-A-R-T. And uh, they have a lot of information, a lot of information on ways to recognize the abuse and ways to prevent it. And I think, again, you know, as we get more resources, we're able to better help people. We're able to better serve people. Unfortunately, people can't call in tonight. No guests are able to call in tonight. The call keep dropping. Um, so that 646 number seems to be down. Uh, so unfortunately, no one is able to call in. I hope that I was able to give you guys a lot of resources and information. I'm going to share a few more. Um, let me put here the six four the number again six four six five nine five five nine five. So six four six five nine five two one one eight. Okay, two one one eight is not working. All right. Well, I hope that I was able to uh, share some good resources and I hope that you'll be able to share with with others and uh, we'll be able to use it uh, yourself to to keep, help keep our children safe. Uh, There's a, the State of America's Children 2014 report. Uh, Let me see here. Grooming, How Child Molesters Create Willing Victims. Okay, so we have a lot of great resources, again, on this website. We also have Understanding How Predators Groom Children. That looks really, really good. Maybe we'll go into that a little bit the next the next session. Child abuse, child sexual abuse, what parents should know. Um, and then protecting children from predators. We have that, uh, and it looks like the website for that is livesecure.org. The Ultimate Parent Guide for Protecting Your Child on the Internet. Protecting Your Child on the Internet. You can click on that. Then we have Beware of the Following, Child Prostitution, Sex Tourism Involving Children, Extra Familial Child Sexual Molestation, Online incitement of children for sexual acts, unsolicited obscene material sent to a child, misleading domain names, misleading words or digital images on the internet, concerned about senders in your neighborhood. So here we have a tip sheet from Stop It Now. Okay, in this tip sheet, um, it says here, we highly recommend the many resources, tip sheet, and valuable available and valuable available through the Stop It Now nonprofit website. A neighbor tells you about a pedophile down the street. You learn a sexual predator who's a member of your faith community. The local paper reports on child molesters hanging around at your kid's school. What can you do? You thought your neighborhood was pretty safe. Suddenly, your sense of security is shaken. Media stereotypes about people who sexually abuse children can make it all seem overwhelming. You need to be overwhelmed. Start by learning the facts. 
accurate information about the situation can help you turn fear into confidence that you really can keep your family safe. Here are some other things you can do to help make you feel secure again. Okay. So we have complete guide to understanding bullying in the modern age. Then we have cyber bullying, the full guide for parents, children, and schools. Here we have a comprehensive cyber bullying guide for parents, cybersecurity block protecting children's privacy, social media cyber bullying. I think that's one that's really important to take a look at. They all are, but um the social media cyberbullying is important because a lot of these kids they're being bullied on social media. And, um, you know, some kids are taking their lives, and it's because they're being cyber bullied. Um, So how do we keep our kids safe, you know, from uh, becoming cyber bullied? So here it says, before technology, bullying typically occurred at school and in your local neighborhood. However, today, children, teens, and young adults have access and other devices that connect them to the internet 24-7. This this constant access to the internet has created a new realm for bullies known as cyberbullying, causing victims to experience depression, anger, humiliation, and even suicidal thoughts. Cyberbullying occurs when someone or groups of individuals use online communication to harass, humiliate, and threaten Someone else, before handheld technology was widely available, police taunted their victims in person. The victims were usually smaller than their bullies in size and strength. But today, if an Internet connection is available, cyber bullies target anyone regardless of their physical or mental attributes. Wow. Unlike a traditional bully, you may not even know their identity due to the anonymity, <laughs> basically their anonymous, of the Internet. Unfortunately, cyberbullies can, can target and torment others every hour of the day because the Internet is an endless connection to technology. So, you know, as we become more educated, we have to just, you know, learn ways to keep ourselves safe. And uh, we have to teach our children how to try their best to stay safe on the Internet as well. You know, if you come across a bully on the Internet, block them. Block them. You you have access to a block button. Block, block them. Don't allow people to torture you, harass you, and bully you on social media. You can always block them, okay? Um. Here we have children and teenagers, online protection guides. Then we have a section that says uh, online safety for kids, a parent's guide to protecting children's privacy. Okay. So that's a lot of information. Well, I I love it because we have resources for parents and guardians. Keeping your child safe, digital safety, if your child is missing, child identification, having a good quality photo of your child, international abduction, report child sexual abuse exploitation, next smart workshop. Uh-huh. And and there uh, on the net smart uh that's spelled N E T. Smart, and then a Z. So net smart with a Z at the end. Four one one. You go on that website. You can get information and answers to um, questions about internet safety. Okay, how to be safe online. So definitely, you know, we have a lot of resources on this website. I'm still on the NASCA website. That's the cool part about it. So. Um, you know, you don't really have to go far to get information that's beneficial and is really 
surrounding the safety of children. Uh, you can find it all in one place. Okay? So I'm going to close off a little early today because, unfortunately, people are not able to get on today. Kind of wish that they were. Would love to uh, have a more interactive panel this evening, but it looks like there's some technical issues with that 646-595-2118 number tonight. So I hope uh, that you guys had a good time. I hope that I shared some resources that would be beneficial and helpful to you, your families, and others. Uh, and until next time, to hear and speak to you all soon. Thank you for joining. Have a good evening. Bye. Another tomorrow, cause that's gone